Welcome to this episode of the 9420 Podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. I was three gold stars next to my name on the blackboard. A grown-up kind of patient Making conversation by age four I wanted to be set apart Always tried to try too hard I did the most and I met my goals So I made more I only wanted to be perfect It was always just a Wake up slow on a weekend Fill my cup with less coffee and more sleeping Yeah, I wanna take my time Take it back from a thieving mind Wanna do less doing and try a little more being I thought that I'd be happy higher Filled every minute, but now that the planet in me 
Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast that was Out of This World by Stacy Kelleher. Hi Carl and Greg, how are you both doing? Hello, hello, hello. everybody. How are you doing, Carl? I'm doing, I'm doing that, actually I'm doing lousy. To be honest with you. Yeah, you kind of, kind of Eeyore-ish today. Yeah, so, um, yeah. but uh, no, I like Stacy. She's she's, yeah. she's been on this podcast a few times. Yep. Um, she's out of this world. So um, <laughs> she she wants to be out of this world, not in she, it, right? No, she wants to be in it. it as, as she was out of it, she goes, you know what? I'd rather be in it. <laughs> I right? had uh, I had a very wise friend of mine. He's gone now. He told me one time. He said, "Greg, you have to be in the world. You don't have to be of the world." And I thought that was kind of a cool line. And then I found out many years later, it's biblical. It's it's scripture. What does that mean? Uh, but, well, it's just, uh, it's, you know, I was talking to him about the idea that it was difficult to live a life of sobriety inside the entertainment industry. And his response was, well, you have to be in the world, but you don't have to be of the world. You don't have to participate in some of that stuff, right? Right. Yeah, so uh, okay. I, I just thought, you know, it's like, hey, that's pretty sound advice, actually. So Yeah, we all get a lot of advice. <laughs> <laughs> some of it's good, some of it's bad. I, I had a realization this week that it goes against my grain, but who am I to criticize anything? Right, we, we like, should all know, be stoic. Like, right? I, I can sit and criticize every singer and songwriter and person, and look at that one, look at this one, who am I? Like, You know... And then I thought of something even deeper, like, I am so critical, who am I to even criticize myself? You know, I, I, I'm even critical of myself. Oh, absolutely. Typically we are. But with that said... <laughs> <laughs> well, what we, what we convince ourselves of is the idea that we can continue to pass judgment on everything else and everybody else as long as we'll be hard on ourselves as well. That, there's some justice to that, right? Whereas if we weren't passing any judgment whatsoever on ourselves or others, we might be a little bit happier, a tad bit happier. I think it's the other way around. I think if we stop judging ourselves, we will stop judging others. I think we judge others because we judge ourselves. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, uh, Although, we, you know, comparison and competition are kind of, um, they're not very comfortable places to be for most yeah, but, people. But again, like, you know, if you read any of the Buddhist teachings and stuff, yeah. one of the, one of the biggest enemies is comparison. Yeah, exactly. Don't compare anything. To, you know, I got, I'll, I'll be running in the park. You know, and I if I compare myself to people running, but one day, you know, I, when I was in my height of running, I, I used to do like an eight minute mile. That's pretty good, I thought. Yeah. You know, I'm running like it was like in November, and I'm huffing and puffing, doing my eight minute mile, all <laughs> proud of myself, right? And these two like Nigerians practicing for the uh, <laughs> marathon, they're like talking effortlessly and just whipped by me, like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, like they're like walking, and I'm like huffing yeah. and puffing. I'm going, Carl, just stop. Yeah, exactly. Well, don't compare. I... So with that said, I like Stacy's. Uh, yeah, I, I, love, I love how introspective it is. I, I, I like really your do. voice, but you know what she does. And this will get us into what we want to talk about this week. I did my homework with the Ed Sheeran stuff. Good. Oh, wow. Greg, did you do your homework? And, uh, yeah, I did. Right. She writes that new kind of writing. And like, I have to admit, like, I listened to Ed Sheeran. I, I liked Magical. That's a mm -hmm. cool song. I liked American Town. I, I liked that one. 
I like, you know, it's a well-done record. You know, every song sounds cool. I think it's very derivative. Every song sounds like some other kind of artist. I don't think he knows what he wants to be. <laughs> and and it's a great, I like these songs. I like them. That surprises me. No, but let me tell you one thing. He's not distinct at all. I didn't hear Ed Sheeran. I, I don't know who he is. I, I like the music. It's a good album. It's just a bunch of songs with guys singing them. Well, you know what? It, uh, I haven't. I've not heard any of it, but I can. I will bet you, and you can, you can tell me because you know about production. I bet the vocals overprocessed on all on every track. Some of them are. You know, he has that way of yeah. writing. Plus, he writes that new way where you know he, he throws a lot of words out. It's good. No, he's great. He really is good at what he does. But he's. I think he's what is today. Right. I don't think he's anything unique about him other than he's right on the money about what's going on and he's yeah. got it down just yeah. like taylor swift they've got it down they've all got it down but there's nothing well distinct. he's also got he's recognizable you know that's one thing i mean as carl says he's a muppet so. no, to, to yeah. look at him he looks recognizable but his voice is non-distinct to me yeah i'm that, sorry maybe his i'm voice wrong is not recognizable. i think and here's the thing i do think his voice is recognizable so we will disagree uh, on that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I you know what's interesting is that that was one of my criticisms of um one of my good-natured criticisms of my homework which was I was supposed to listen to the new in sync record, right? Mm -hmm. And I can't tell the difference between I'm assuming the way it's been produced is Timberlake does the first verse and then is it JC J.C. Chazay, yes. He does. J.C. does the second verse. Is that the way it's set up? That is the way it is set up. Well, because here's, here's I, the thing. Because they, I they can't go, distinguish between the two vocals, They which go is back weird. and forth. So, like, yeah. Justin starts it out, then J.C. takes the second part, then they go into the chorus, then Justin It sounds like the same it, vocal. Yeah, it then, sounds like the same vocal. But here's the thing. I've been listening to them for over a decade, so I can pick out their voices seamlessly. Man, I, I couldn't. And David Bowie sounds like David Bowie. Springsteen sounds like Springsteen. Elton John sounds like Elton John. They all sound like something uniquely different themselves. Yep. Ed Sheeran sounds like any artist in this decade making records. <laughs> he does. It's I, good. I, I think that's it's not to be a good record. I like, I, like the, I like the, you know, he does a lot of the cool production tricks, different beats. Uh, the, the one magical has that cool harmony effect on the, on, the, on the chorus. I like what it's saying. But it just doesn't... Well, and I wonder, too, if the reason that you feel that way is also because this is the first album he's put out on his new record label. So, like, he doesn't really have the higher-ups telling him what to do. Then I went back to thinking out loud. I did a little bit, you know, some old stuff to see if maybe I'm missing something. I really did a bit of a dive into Ed Sheeran. Nice. And I'm telling you, man, he's good. I get it. But he's perfectly mediocre like she that should not be named. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I today... Everyone I, I, is perfectly mediocre. I feel Sorry. that. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Speaking of she who shall not be named, did you see that her movie comes out tomorrow? Yeah. They put, I thought they I it already it. came out. I thought it already beaten like Barbie. I no, already... the pre-sales beat Barbie. The pre-sales of the tickets beat Barbie. It comes out It comes out tomorrow, and she's. It, wasn't it like a 60-40 deal with AMC or something like that? It's like something ridiculous where she's going to see a ton of money from this. The demand is Good just been extraordinary. Well, it's I bet it's going to be 70% of 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 the take of what the um, I think it should be banned. What the what the, 
what the ticket sales were. I mean, think of it. It's going to be another couple billion dollars. Well, and on top of that, from what I've seen, there's also going to be merch that's sold there that people can buy that probably go directly in her pocket. That'll be specific to the to, movie. To the movie. So cups. Uh, Pretty genius. Pretty yeah. genius. Glow yeah. sticks, things like Pop, that. Popcorn. As far as a business model, yeah. Yeah. she's amazing. I give it to yeah. her. Yeah. But... You know, in 50 years, I don't think we're going to listen to this stuff and say, you know. It's probably true. Um, what, what do I know? Nicole, did you want to know anything else about my opinion of the uh, I want to know all of it. Record? All of it. Give me all of it. Um, I think that it sounds kind of dated. It reminded me of... Um, they are dated. Yeah, they, I was going to well, say that I, but, they are. <laughs> but, but the expectation is, you know, th their vocal is the least dated thing about it, but... I, I think that it's written in such a way it sounds kind of dated. And then when the production kicks in fully, it reminds me of uh, Daft Punk. It reminds me of that Random Access Memories record that they made like five years ago that was an enormous hit. So I don't know if Timberlake is just like hearing things five years behind or what. And the other thing that bothers me about it, I didn't hate it, but the other thing that bothers me about it is that I gave it the old tried and true five listens to become familiar, to see if it would become a, a, a an earworm, you know, kind of right. thing, where I would be like kind of whistling it in the shower. Um, I got nothing. I mean, I think the melody doesn't move enough for it to attract people on, you know, in three to five listens, which is... I did that too. I drove around with the whole album yeah. on Spotify yeah. and yeah. let just play out a bunch of yeah. times. You know, and like I did, like I said, I like the magical song. Any melodies hit you over and over? Nah, not really. I, I like more the just the vibe of it. And lest you, lest you think I'm just an old screw that doesn't know what he's talking about, my current obsession is a track that I heard one time and I had to hear it again. I don't even know the name of it, but it's Doja Cat. Oh, Doja Cat, really? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that was so startling in its being uh, an earworm that I heard it once and I'm like, I'm going to go listen to that again. That's interesting. I heard it uh, in a reel from Instagram. That is interesting. Yeah. So, hmm. so you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I've always been kind of a Justin Timberlake fan, but I just think the guy's kind of, uh, I think he was kind of hardworking for five years. Why do you give so much effort to people who work hard? So what? <laughs> it's not about working hard. A lot of you guys work hard that suck. Just because you work hard doesn't mean I got to hear it. I think the reason I give people so much credit for working hard is I know how fragile creative people are. And so just, it, you've talked about this before, the downtime like before shows is torturous. I think it's hard work to go out there and, you know, when you step on stage, you've already worked 12 hours. You say that because you weren't an artist. I'm sorry. I, uh, well, it, hard work means nothing. I'm sorry. It means well, nothing. I think the opposite. I think it's hard work not to be on stage when you're an artist. Oh, I, I don't think you know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> All right, well, I don't even well. know what that even means. You know, uh, <laughs> You've talked about it. It's like, you know. No, you, how, know what, you know how I gauge this stuff? Well, I know it just happened to see you the other day, too. Look at any look at any video of um, Justin Timberlake, even in his heyday in the late '90s, whenever he was huge. And then I just saw the Motown 20th anniversary of Michael Jackson. I'm yeah. going, 
Come on, Michael Jackson, whatever you think of him, was the real deal. The guy right. was pure. Where yeah. this guy is just all rip-off and copy. And yeah, he works hard and learns how to do it all good, but he's got no soul. Well, what's the, what's the difference between rip-off and influenced? What What's the difference? Well, who am I to think? But I can see he's just doing practiced things. Like, you know, you can see someone and then, like, be influenced by it, but when you're just actually ripping them off and just doing these rehearsed dance lines because there's no, but there's no real soul in what you're doing i get no real feel for what he does i don't yeah. feel it it's an I, intuitive I, thing I, I, I get it i understand but once again it's like that thing where it's like it's practiced to the extent that it looks natural you know i mean and so it looks natural to me anyway. it's rehearsed I watch Madonna. She looks rehearsed. She, Madonna is 100% rehearsed. I watch Lady Gaga. She's doing things to be, to be outrageous on purpose. She's rehearsed. She's not like where Stevie Wonder, like when he's do those, 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 that's why when Stevie Wonder does those roles, like, oh, just singing things. He's just feeling it. When Aretha did it, she's feeling it. But then all these like stupid singers copy that and learn them. Learn these like, ah, and they're just doing gymnastics. There's no feel to it. They're just doing because they learned how to do it. It's a muscle. And that's the difference. Interesting. You know, guys like that in Motown, they just did it. Even those, yeah. I don't know, there's, there's a different vibe. It's just a soulful, something's oozing out that I think I can feel and see that I don't get from a lot of these people today. I'm sorry. And that's no, my feeling. I, 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 you, you've semi-convinced me because I, I do think there is this, uh, this kind of vibe that you get off people as to whether or not they are authentic, um, authentic, or the real deal, or you know, it's not rehearsed, but it's just like being channeled or whatever the case may be. Uh, and I do think you got that from Michael Jackson. Okay, no, I'll, I'll go out one step. I think Ed Sheeran has feel. I think he's mm -hmm. the real deal in what he does. I just think what he does is a bit contrived and inauthentic and a little nondescript for me. But I think it's more real from him. I, 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 I buy him. I don't buy any Lady Gaga when she's at the piano doing all her... She's, oh, I just think she reeks of insincerity to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've seen her trying to be real, even on talk shows when she talks. I don't know. I buy you too. I think Bono's real. He might be a little full of himself and stuff, but the edge, I buy, yeah. buy them. I didn't buy yeah. Coldplay because I thought yeah. that, you know, and stuff like that. Maybe who am I to be the, the arbiter? No, no, no. Or, I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling you. But that's I'm how I judge you. stuff, by how yeah. I, with the vibe I get from them. Like sometimes, I think that was the problem Billy Joel got. Even though I think Billy Joel was a great craftsman, he was just too much of a technician for what he did, and some of it, some soul was lacking. But still, like as opposed to Elton John, you know what I mean? Yeah. So stuff like that. But and who am I to get? That, that's just my own opinion. Again, who am I to say anything? It's just well, my you stupid get your opinion. Own opinion. I mean, you know, it's like and that's how I gauge music. I don't care how hard they work. <laughs> I I just think that the I think the work associated with being a creative person. The work associated with being a known creative person, I think people have no concept. It's like a 15-hour-a-day job to be a pop star. It's a 20-hour-a-day job to be a pop star. So what? You're making tons of money. Well, I don't know. Not so much anymore. You can be a well-known pop star and, and, you know, kind of making a couple hundred grand a year. I think that anybody that does this... 
you know, you might be saying that people can, if people are truly talented, how long it takes them to get there or, or how much they have to do before they step foot on stage to show you what they were given as a talent that might be inconsequential to them. But I think that, you know, I think a, uh, a canceled flight with an air, with a major airline is just as much of a pain in the ass and work for a pop star as it is for somebody who's schlepping, you know, some kind of, uh, software. I get what you're saying, but so what? Who cares? If it's hard, you know. I, you know, perfect example. The first night I played at the, at the Bluebird, I remember. I remember this. It was snowing. JFK had got canceled. In order to make the gig, I luckily took a train from Grand Central to Philadelphia and caught a flight out of Philadelphia to Nashville to make that gig. You remember that? I do. I, I, I vaguely remember, but I didn't realize that you went all the way to Philadelphia to get. Yeah, and like it, it's. But who cares? Because the thing is, I loved it. It's part of what we yeah. do. As a matter yeah, of fact, yeah, yeah. I look back on, on my touring and playing out. I loved every aspect. I loved the loading in. I loved the waiting around. I loved the playing. I loved the breaking down. I loved the waiting. I loved the drive home in the truck and getting back to the studio and unloading the truck. I loved every second of oh, it. Oh, I had that wrong. I thought that you had complained about the boredom associated with that. No, you, you actually loved every second of it. Yeah. I remember that now. I loved yeah. every part of it. So if you're yeah. doing this, yeah. yeah, and also if you look back on your career, probably yeah. these guys, what they love the most is that. The least of it is probably what goes on on stage. <laughs> right, right. That stuff is just a blur. Because that comes natural, right? Right. Yeah, it's, like, it's all the camaraderie before and after, that. and yeah. that's the fun. I yeah. don't know. So yeah. I, I, I don't agree with you about this working hard stuff. I don't care. I, I don't know, man. I think I think Poor baby work. Taylor Swift works hard. She's making a billion dollars, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Is Stacy play out? I'll, I'll go. I'll go see her. She does play out. I'll let you know when her next show is. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's not. But it's not in this world, Greg. <laughs> yeah, it's out of this world. So you gotta. <laughs> yeah. You gotta make sure well, you got your credentials for that. Uh, well, I might get there sooner than you. It's y'all, on another you. plane. Yeah, yeah. We have another song by uh, Stacy. So we do have another song by Stacy. But before we get to that, we're gonna listen to our sponsor, which is ninety four twenty, and the song after that is called UFO. This episode is sponsored by the 9420 Podcast. That's right, we are sponsoring ourselves this week and encouraging you all to listen to the over 100 episodes we currently have in our rotation. Each episode features a new independent music artist who's looking to make it in this industry. For more information, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Try 
play on words right. well, ufo it's, like it's yeah not ufo gonna... you forever only right i'll tell you i mean it's like i don't think i've ever heard something that she does that i didn't think oh i'll listen to this <laughs> you know i like good for you but you know what i just thought of i know that, um, I, I i don't know i don't know how my mind works <laughs> i don't know what how why do we i know we write songs to express ourselves but why Ego. do we feel the need to have people listen to them <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure you do. You know, like what? You know, I, I've come to the conclusion that I've written my songs all these years basically for myself. Right. My inner self is talking to my outer self, and I just basically having a conversation with my own higher self, whatever. But why do we feel the need to play them? And then why if we if a lot of people listen to them, then we think they're special? I know. Just shoot me now. Why am I even in this business? <laughs> do you write? Do you write for uh, the catharsis of it? Because if you do. Then it would make sense that others could have a 
it could have a cathartic effect on others. You know, you know, you know the best, I don't know about, and tell me if writers out there, you can tell me if you agree. The best part of being a, an artist is not, is not performing. That's fun, but I could care less, actually. I, I like playback in the studio, but I don't particularly like recording. I think that's a pain in the neck. And I don't even like sitting there crafting my songs. I like the spark of imagination when I stumble across a little something and then, oh, wow. And then I say a line that comes out of nowhere. Wow. Yeah. I love that moment of discovery. That's it. Usually yeah. I hate then the, the hard part comes in where then you got to like take that and use some kind of talent to kind of craft it into something that's palpable. But I hate that part. I like the magic of it. Oh, yeah. I, or I'm working yeah, on yeah. a line. I'm working on a line for like, you know, a month sometimes. Yeah. And also I'll some of the guitar and like the line just comes. So so at that moment, do you think that that the those reveal themselves to you? Or do you think that you're actually doing it and you don't know it? I'm like not doing anything. Thing? No one's doing yeah. anything. Yeah. Well, that's why <laughs> talented people aren't talented. All you talented people, I'm sorry, you're not talented. All you gifted you're, writers, I'm sorry, you're not gifted. You're, you're just, just a receiver. You're just editors and receivers, yeah. And, yeah. And, and that's all you are. And that's what yeah. I believe. I believe I've never sat and let's create this thing. You know, I, I don't think... And then what happens too is also luck. I love this thing. I saw George Harrison was, was you know accepting the award for the Beatles and got you know inducted into the Hall of Fame, and he goes, you know, well, we just like you know started the band because we didn't want to work jobs and we like to play the guitar and <laughs> sing songs, you know, and uh, and then he goes and. We did okay. He goes, and, and then he goes, and we got bigger than I ever thought it was possible. We, we, we were like, they were more amazed at what happened to them than even we were. Like, because right, they had right, these right. guys just playing these songs, you know, and all of a sudden, like, the world's crying and, and fainting looking at them and stuff. They go, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, once again, the, the cathartic power of what they were doing for themselves. Uh, all of a sudden, millions of people it are was just bizarre. reacting so like, in the same way. Who knows yeah. what that even is? Like, so, like, like Taylor Swift's success right now is that really anything to do with her, or maybe she's just part of some cosmic thing right now? That's young, you know, thirteen to eighteen-year-old girls or whoever her fan base is are just toning into because of some. Who knows? Uh, yeah, it's weird because I, I, I'm not. It's almost participatory, you know? It's like, so are they really having a cathartic experience when they hear these songs? Or do they just want to mimic them? And do they want to stand in a group of others all singing the same thing, like singing in a round, like row, row, row your boat, you know? Again, I don't get her, but maybe I'm not supposed to. <laughs> right. I'm not supposed to either. Well, fearing that the lady who will not be named is going to dominate this episode, do we want to speak to Stacy, considering she answered our questions of the week? Oh, she did? Cool. So the first question we asked Stacy is to tell us a little bit about herself. What is up, 9420? Thank you so much for having me. My name is Stacy Kelleher. I am a Nashville-based singer-songwriter and producer. I've been here for four years now. I'm originally from up in New Hampshire, and I'm stoked to be on the podcast today. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to get to come and chat with you guys. I really appreciate it. She's a uh, Berkeley girl, isn't she? 
Mm-hmm. She is. Yeah, she she went to Berkeley. Yeah. Yep. I think she has the potential. She's been here four years. She has the potential to write some songs that are going to be considered great, that are going to have a a super impact on a lot of folks. And the reason being that I think her sound and her songs are different. And I think that she writes introspectively, which a lot of people that have written big, big songs that have had lasting impact, they kind of write the same way. It's funny. I heard a little interview with your guy, Ed, mm-hmm. Ed Sheeran, talking about songwriting. And he said something interesting. He goes, when you start writing songs, it's like a rusty faucet. You turn on the water and like all this brown crap comes out. You know, the, But eventually, if you let it run a while, you let it run a while, eventually the clear water will come out. So just, that's just a nice analogy. So he goes, <laughs> and eventually that's how he goes, the songs he's written, he goes, he says, he has tapes of songs. When he first started this, he goes, he's in, they're embarrassing. I said, yeah. you know what, Ed? Release that stuff. Put yeah. that out. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, Here's I, the I, thing. His it. fans will probably love him. Oh, so. Of course they would. Anyway, so what else? So the next question we asked Stacy is, what music artists have influenced your career so far? I have been inspired by a wide variety of artists. I really draw from so many different genres. I would characterize my music as indie pop, but lately I've been really drawing from country music. So I love Casey Musgraves. I love Megan Maroney. I love Marin Morris. And I grew up on country music too. So that genre has always been really near and dear to my heart. But also I draw from pop. I draw from rock. I love Muna. I love the Foo Fighters. I love Maggie Rogers. Lennon Stella, Harry Styles. I really love Phoebe Bridgers and I definitely take some hair inspiration from her as well because I've got the same sort of like bleached white hair. So yeah, I really draw from everything. I love all styles of music and especially when it comes to production, I love to reference different elements from all different kinds of music. I agree with her. You know, that's nothing too. We should take this question out. You know why? Why? Because everyone is influenced by everything they've ever heard. Some people don't want to listen to something, and they they consider what they do to be completely unique. Well, they're lying. They're not. <laughs> well, well, I don't know. I'm influenced by everything I've ever heard. Burke Bacharach, you know, Miles Davis. Um, anything I've ever heard musically in my in my however long years I've, I've listened to music, it, it's part of it. Anyway, oh, you know, don't we have one more super duper last question, uh, Nicole? <laughs> we do. Thank you so much, Carl, for teeing that up. Carl's going to throw these questions <laughs> What up. could that be? Carl's doing the questions next week. By so God. that question is, what is one service not currently offered to indie music artists that need to be? I think that something in between doing everything completely independently on your own and having a manager or some sort of representation. Um, I know there's a lot of different services that do like artist coaching and artist consulting, but I still really think that area is really, really underrepresented. I feel like there's so many artists that could really use just a helping hand along the way. And I feel like a lot of the times it's just having somebody to do some of that extra stuff for you, whether it's running your ads on social media or helping to book a tour or having somebody that you can call to help you sell your merch at your shows. I feel like 
having a service that really kind of filled in some of those gaps would be super, super helpful. What is she talking about? There's millions of those people around. Yeah, you know, but I think maybe nah, she, wants, she wants an all-in-one. Not all specialized, in one. Yeah. yeah. Not specialized, you know. Everything is so digital. But you know what I think it's time for? To go. To go, yeah. Especially because both of you are going to die on these hills. And Die on the Hill is the last single by Stacey Kelleher that we have to listen to. Uh Look at her trying to connect everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's something else. Go ahead. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 9420 podcast. Make sure you listen all the way through because we have one more single from Stacey called Die on the Hill. For everything that we spoke about, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. I can see you when you want me to When you let your guard down, open up the gate But I can't read you like you need me to I draw a blank, you burn another page Keeping score of who fucked it up this time